to a brand new episode of Cued Up. This is episode two, and we are joined again by Holly Lewis. Hey, guys. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Last week, we had some pretty decent feedback from the last episode. What did you get? What did you hear? Well, I got called out on my, um, well, I said this on the podcast. Oh, the preguntas. The Preguntas, I got called out for saying preguntas wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of people reposted saying that, you know, if you guys like Insecure, then this is something that you guys go want to listen to. So I was happy about that. Awesome. And um, I think it was good for the first episode, right? Yeah, I felt, I felt good about it. You know, I liked it. Got a couple of my friends said that they liked it. Um, one of my friends was like, I can't even listen to it yet because I didn't watch the episode. <laughs> Which is why we do it on a Tuesday. <laughs> right. <clears throat> to give people some time. She um she has a new she has a one year old, so she doesn't, you know, she don't got time to watch television right now. So a- adulting. Adulting, like real adulting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So first and foremost, before we get into it, what do you even think about this episode? Um, so I I thought the same thing, but I, I saw a lot of people saying that it felt really short. Um, yes. Even though it was a lot long, it was the same amount of time than the usual episodes. It still felt, it felt like it was five minutes. Like it did, but, and we're going to get, yeah, but we're going to get into it. But I, I liked seeing the progression of each character and what's going on. I did like it though. I didn't give us, it didn't give us a lot of detail but it gave us some detail as far as I think where they're gonna go with this season I agree with you 100% like I finally feel like okay now we're getting into the season yes and I Mm -hmm. think it was it was very it was a very (laughs) concise episode it was concise I think that's why it felt so short for everybody because it was like there was no foolishness there was no like fluff it was yes. very like, yeah, like we are understanding what is going on and what they're doing and what, you know, all that stuff like that. So agreed. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right. And then I like how you mentioned how you see the progression because episode two is actually called growth. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. And also, this- you know that we missed, they came to New York and we missed it. They had a live screening, but she posted it and two hours like she posted it I didn't see it until two hours later and when I went to the the RSDP it was already sold out it was like an open bar from nine to eleven she was like her and Molly were there <gasps> I know I know this was in New York this was for this past episode yeah it was yesterday it literally happened yesterday damn but still oh my I know. gosh I know I was really upset I was like dang Issa you're so close we could have been best friends but it's girl fine. I could be like I feel like everybody could have been like, yo, I do a recap of your show every week. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, you too. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I'll add you to the list. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this episode was directed by Mo Marable. I believe that's how I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, he also directed episode three of season three of Insecure called um, Backwards Like. So that was the episode where it says East is inspired by um, Issa is inspired while recruiting at a job fair with Frida. Is it Frida or Frida? Frida. Frida. Later, she treats Daniel to a thank you dinner as she remains hopeful about their future. 
And then Molly starts her dream job at a black owned law firm. Yes. I remember that episode. Yes. He also directed, he's also director of Craig Robinson's woke on Hulu. Have you seen that? No. I saw like the trailer and I've seen like the marketing for it, but I have, and it's, and I have it on my queue on Hulu, but I have not watched it. No, I haven't watched any like Hulu originals. Some of them are really good. Some of them are really good. Okay. I might give them a chance. Then this episode was written by Phil Augusta Jackson. So Jackson was a co-executive producer of Insecure. Um, he also written for Key and Peele, Survivor's Remorse, Remorse, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, so he's funny. Yes, and he is now the creator and executive producer of NBC's Grand Crew, which features, which follows a group of young professionals trying to get... It follows them through the ups and downs of love, like their love life, living in Los Angeles. Um, and they always find a way to get together to find at their favorite bar called the wind down mm-hmm. and they unpack. Okay. And they find out that um, Mo Marable will actually be directing the pilot episode of Grand Crew. Okay. So there's some, you know, cross collaboration happening on this episode yes two black writers and directors so let's get into it the opening right the black we have seen that the block it has been a year later Mm -hmm. um and you see that Issa (laughs) is literally getting on her hustle you see the montage of her getting up at 6 a.m and that her calendar is getting filled 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 and she has this whole routine Right. We see that it's a year later from episode one where they were at the school, right? And they were, her and Molly were trying to like see if they could get it out. Right. Figure it out. We didn't see the, how they get to the good part of them, but they're in the good part of them now. We didn't get, we like kind of skipped the whole awkward back and forth, which I like actually. People were like, oh my goodness, we didn't get to see like how you guys really mended. But I don't need to see them doing a back and forth dance anymore like right we think we get the gist but they're they're on good terms yes (laughs) and the block has hit 10k followers on instagram yeah so she has been on her hustle for a whole year then we see how molly and Issa both start their day now so Issa uses a vibrating toothbrush and molly uses a vibrator and she meditates (laughs) (laughs) It's balance. That's the balance. That's the balance. And we finally see Molly's new haircut, which we alluded to back to in episode one. Right. Which I think she looks great. Mm-hmm. She does. I thought she looks really, really good. I like the yeah. cut in it too. Like is she just looked No, it was it's real sharp. She looks very <laughs> yes. And then we see that Molly is finally getting her groove. She kind of feels, you know, she looked like she got a hold of everything she seems to also be getting along at her law firm she's finally getting along with her arch nemesis at work um torian Mm -hmm. and then she got that beautiful blue electric blue power suit Mm -hmm. i thought she looked so good yeah she did she did look really good i was like go ahead molly (laughs) and then Issa has an assistant 
Koya. Koya. Same girl from the, the block party was her intern, now is her assistant. Which I think is completely hilarious. The way that she just she's just in the house. Right. No, <laughs> she just popped up, but she's she seems she's on it though. She's on it. I like her. Yes, and she compliments Issa very well. Yeah, she does. Because as as crazy <clears throat> as it looks, she definitely makes it seem like Issa definitely got her shit together. I think she's right. a great assistant to Issa in this and the fact like she goes, Do you want to play or do you want a bag? And Issa said bag. <laughs> for her waffles oh, waffles so we see that molly and Issa are finally back together <laughs> hitting each other up for pasta you know what i'm saying let's go out to eat and then we see that Issa is hosting a book event i think this is part of the whole yeah. her her whole the block um thing where she hosts like events for local artists in she, Los Angeles. Yeah, she highlights like the local artists and the, the black artists and yeah. I think she's just doing it for the community making sure the community has like different events to go to which is really cool yes which I thought was really good because then she had that one creepy girl who was like I love that you do this you literally <laughs> saved my life and she's like yeah no you saved my life and he's like okay okay so staring at each other um, like that was funny like awkwardly right like this like geez louise so i made it a point because you know in true jade fashion i like to look everything up um they focused on the book and the book that the the open book that the author was writing was i mean signing was called the vanishing half by Brent okay. bennett's so it says so i want to look up the author i want to know what the book was about so Brent bennett is an American writer based in Los Angeles. So this tracks for Issa. And the book that she was signing called The Vanishing Half was the number one New York Best Times bestseller. It was one of uh, uh, Barack Obama's favorite books of the year. It was named a best book of 2020 by the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, People, Time Magazine, Vanity Fair, and Glamour. Wow. So I'm like, okay, so what the hell is this book about? So I'm just going to read a quick synopsis for you people. I, I have a whole list of books that I've been trying to read for the summer or for the year. And I've only gotten to two out of, well, one and a half out of the four books <laughs> I wanted to read this year. It's a mess. Okay, so it says, so this is what the book is about. Briefly, the Vignes twin sisters will always be identical, but after growing up together in a small Southern Black community and running away at the age of 16, it is just the shape of their daily lives that is different as adults. It's everything, their families, their communities, their racial identities. Many years later, one of the sisters lives with her Black daughter in the same Southern town she once tried to escape. The other secretly passes for white and her white husband knows nothing of her past still even separated by so many miles just as many lies the fate of the twins remains intertwined what will happen to the next generation when the other daughters storylines intersect hmm are we adding that to the list that's <laughs> 
that sounds, I mean, that sounds like a really good um, book, but it sounds like it was a movie. Like, I feel like I saw a trailer for that on Amazon recently, but that really? sounds like a really, yeah. I mean, I could, I could be wrong, but um, it's, it sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Well, I got to add that to the list. So now it's five books. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. It's one of my goals this year for 2021 was to read more books. Um, last year, I think I read two books. This year, the goal was three to four. I'm only on one and a half. You better than me. I can't say the last time I picked a book willingly. Girl, I got books for you. They're good. I mean, I'm. I mean, I've always been into reading. So, yeah. No, I. You know, not my thing anymore. I mean, when I was younger, I loved books and I loved to read, but I liked, like, I wasn't like, I'm going to read any type of book. Like I kind of like just like teen drama things. Like I wasn't, that was me too. That was, yeah. But like now I, I'm not, it's still not really my thing, which is okay. Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm, I commend you though. I commend you girl. Thank you. And the only reason I've been getting into books is because people like, you know, when the whole p- pandemic was happening, like what was anybody really doing? So people were right. just um, like um, people were putting suggestions on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm like, all right, that looks good. Let me check it out. That looks good. Let me check it out. So that's how I got right. into the whole book thing because the pandemic. That's awesome. Yes. I love it. Moving on. We see that Nathan is back. Mm-hmm. I said, Ooh. how you feel about him being back, girl? I like Nathan. I do. He just, I have to let this whole long thing go. He doesn't, I don't, I don't get a spark from him as I would like to or any more, maybe because I'm holding out. Because when they first started, like, talking Mm -hmm. um I was like okay I like this guy like he's cute whatever like that um and then he disappeared but then we find out he disappeared because he has a mental illness right I believe he he had bipolar right yeah he's bipolar and um I think he also like suffers from depression right so he didn't really know how to talk to anybody about that but I think that he's playing the the long run right now when it comes to Issa I think he's he was trying to play that friend role, just to make sure I, you know I'm a friend. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I like I like Nathan. I do like Nathan. I just don't get that. I still don't get that. Like, I want Issa to like somebody as much as they like her. How she is with Lawrence, because I feel like a lot of the love interests they give her, like Nathan or like Daniel, they clearly really really like Issa. Like yes. And they want to be with her. And she still has this like attachment to Lawrence. So like, that's why I don't feel the the spark because it's not like, uh, ooh, she likes him and he likes her. It's just like, they really like her. And she's just like, oh, I guess, I guess so. Well, you I know? think, she, right. She was I, attracted to Daniel at one point. That's because Lawrence was like at a low point in his life. And then Daniel came right. along and that was intriguing and, he was like into the stuff that she was kind of into and right like she was she even said like Daniel was like my what if you know like mm-hmm. that's always going to be like a ooh and then once you just decide to 
indulge in them and you are like okay the what if has passed like that whole thing has passed right and she's just like "Eh." because even like with Daniel he really wanted to I think he really wanted to like be with her yeah he kept like feeling he I think he kept feeling kind of used by her um was this when like she (laughs) did Lawrence kick her out or she left or something like that and she was sleeping on she couldn't afford the rent anymore yes because Lawrence left and then she was sleeping on his couch and then she ended up getting like the where she is now the job is like the property manager so she can afford the rent there right but Daniel didn't want her to stay I mean didn't want her to leave he was like I like having you here like whatever Mm -hmm. whatever and it just didn't work out um but you can tell like he actually liked her and she was just like "Mm, I don't know right so I don't know I like Nathan I do like Nathan I like Nathan. I it didn't. I wasn't like, oh my god, yay, Nathan! But like, I like him. He's cool. He's a little cute, little light skin thing. You know, I like that he was back, and it looks like they were on good terms. And we find out that Nate, that she is helping him plan the one year anniversary party for his barber shop. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, they seem to be good, but they they also seem to have been some type of attraction. You can tell that there's some type of sexual tension. There's still some attraction there for the both of us. Mm. Now you hear me for the both of us, for the both of them. <laughs> no, because I'm attracted to Nathan, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's some type um, of, week. you can tell that there's something. And then, you know, they went to have a business dinner mm-hmm. in a very like romantic type setting. Mm-hmm. you know kind of was giving the vibes without like trying to you know what I mean the, and the couple across them were like making out and shit yeah and she was trying to ask like oh what are you doing later he's like oh I got plans and she was like oh those type of plans like pointing to the couple because yes. she wanted to know if he was talking to somebody but she didn't want it to be like anything weird because they're just friends so. Yeah, you know, she didn't want to pry too much or seem like she was pressed, like, so, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and then when he asked her what she's doing, she is having Freaky Friday <laughs> with Molly. I thought that was so cute. So my question was to really you, cute. I thought it was cute and they had a whole sleepover, mm-hmm. which I thought it was adorable. So my question to you is because I don't have anything like this. Do you have any like Friday type rituals with your girls? Um, I mean, literally, this is why I, it's so funny. I was watching, I was like, this is literally my life. I, like that's means the show will like watch television like that or like order food. And then we'll fall, like I'll sleep over her house, like in her bed, just like that. Like it's, it's literally the same. What they did is exactly the same as what means the show do. which is so funny but it's it's the way that I looked at their them Molly and Issa is that like right now since they're so focused on like themselves they're kind of dating each other which I think is really cute right um like they are keeping each other company and they're you know dating like I just think it's important to date your friends as much as you would date like a significant other um because that's pouring into the relationship and I think that that's something different that what they're doing now they're making time for each other they're dating each other they're having their you know nights like that and I think that's really important when it comes for friendship so I, 
I agree. And I also thought it was cute because I think now that they kind of somewhat got their shit together, Mm -hmm. they have the time and the bandwidth and the energy to now just be friends and be with each other now. Like there's no outside influences that can keep them separated as friends. So the word, like we're literally back to how they started in the beginning. Right. Which I really like. And I like seeing that. And I like to see friendships like that. Cause I, I personally don't have a friendship like that. So to see that, I, I, I admire that. And I think more, like you right. said, more friendship, more women should just, you know, can have that one friend. So. I mean, not even, it doesn't even have to be one friend. It could be a group. It's just, it's, it's hard when it comes to groups because there's so many different personalities. There's so many different schedules. And sometimes for the most part, there are people in a group and maybe only two of those people in the group really mesh. But like, I do think it's important to make time for your friends, date your friends, go out on, go out to dinner. Like it doesn't have to just be like, you know, you have to make time for people just as much time as you would make if you were dating a guy is how right. I look at it. You and have there's to invest a lot in your girls, friendships. There's a lot of people invest in your friendships. So a lot of people I know that they will, you know, they give guys four or five chances, but they only give your friends one chance to, right. to mess up. So I, I always, I always think that's really important. Yeah. Sometimes we could be a little bit harder on our friends than we are with a person that we're dating because yes, the expectation so. is just higher. Yes. And it should, it's not fair. It's, it's another person. It's another personality, just like it is with a, with a man with a penis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about Molly's mom, which I, which I feel like any woman, any person in their thirties is dealing with this, even late twenties, let's say is dealing with this as we speak. So we find out, so we're going to jump to where Molly is now at a family. It looks like somebody's birthday party, like a little kid's birthday party. Yeah, it was, it was her brother, her nephew, her brother's child. And she is trying to get her parents to settle things with their estate. Mm-hmm. And she's being very pushy in true Molly fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the mom is like, listen, I'm not even thinking about that. And decided to instead try to hook Molly up with Herbert. Herbert. <laughs> what is he, the deacon at their church? The one who she did you, did you turn deacon at 15? Yes. He was like, you know, you listen to music. Herbert plays the organ. So, and she was like, what? Somebody. What? He reworks trap music for the Lord. Yes. Lord have mercy. Um, so yeah, so like, you know, the mom is trying very hard and it's putting a little bit of pressure on Molly to like, listen, I'm not getting any younger. Your dad's not getting any younger. You're not getting any younger. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we need these kids. We need these babies. Mm -hmm. And Molly's kind of like staying strong saying like, listen, I'm just not interested in dating right now. But do you think that she's not interested in dating because she's afraid or she's just like comfortable with herself? I think it's a little bit of both. I think she's afraid to put herself out there. Yes. I think that she is afraid of that. Cause that was, I mean, that is what we saw when she, 
was like going back on her her dating app and she had like those flashbacks of what happened in last previous relationships yes um I think she's probably comfortable with how she is but I do think at the same time she's afraid of going back into something and not working out and it because of how she is again you know Right, because I remember her, she was going back into the dating app, which looked, looked a lot like Hinge to me. I thought it, it looked did, like Hinge. But I think it's it's supposed to be the league, the league, uh, the one that she like tried so hard to get into. I think that's what it was supposed to be, I think. Yes, the league. Um, and then we find out that, you know, she's kind of going back and redoing all her answers is that she realized that she was doing the most. Mm-hmm. It's so sad to see all those, the, the whole montage of failed relationships back to back to back to back. I know. And I like, really liked Andrew. Right? Like, damn it. I know. I felt bad for her. So like, I, I don't blame her for being scared. You know, you've done a lot of things wrong and um, you have the pressure from your parents a little bit to kind of put yourself back out there. And Maybe she's like, you know, maybe I should just try. So like, it's like, what do I do differently now? So this takes a lot of growth to Mm -hmm. look at yourself and dissect who you are. Because I think one of the questions was, what is it like dating me? Mm -hmm. What is it like dating you? And she, and that's when all the flashbacks came in. It's like dating you is uh, challenging. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) How would you answer that question? Because I see this oh, question girl. on Hinge, I mean, girl. Me that, Jade. I see, I see this questions on Hinge, and they're like, dating me is like cuddles out on Sundays, and that's the bullshit. Ba- you know, it's, like the crazy that like all bullshit. Yes. This, listen, I I can't I can't answer that question because it's a lot. I mean, it's it is. I can give you the perfect answer, which is why I don't like these dating apps, which is why I just recently deleted my hinge. Like, I just feel like I don't want to give you the perfect answer of here's five questions and five Mm -hmm. perfect answers and five perfect pictures for me to give to you. So you can pick me Mm -hmm. like I have been saying this. I just I just want to ask Whole Foods while we're both reaching for an avocado and (laughs) we fall in love, you know, like. just organically you just want to meet somebody organically I don't know I don't know how to answer that question how would you answer that question how what is it like dating me um yeah dating Jade is like opening up a book and thinking you know what it's about until you read it and then you're like what the fuck love that (laughs) that is great And then, you know, you might, you know, you might need an interpreter, but you know, once you get it, you know, you're going to like it. It it, it takes a little while, but, and I, I literally just came up with that off the top of the dome. So. See, and I'm not, I'm not quick like that. Like I'm sitting here still trying to think about it and I still can't think about it. Cause I can say something corny, like, like dating me is like, eating all the fries in the bag and you think they're all done but you look in the bag and there's some still fries at the bottom of the bag like that's that that is what I think of right now <laughs> yo dating me is not walking the park I I've learned that very quickly in the past few months so I also so like, like Molly have to 
work on myself. I don't, I, and that's the thing. Like I haven't, I don't have feedback as far as like, what is the bad parts? Because, you know, my last breakup, he made everything seem like everything was perfect, but we need to break up. Like, what do you mean everything was perfect and we need to break up? Why are we breaking up then? Like, I don't know what the negatives are <laughs> when it comes. I know how I am as a person and I can understand that there's just certain things that I have to work on for myself. But as far as like dating, I don't know what the negatives are. I don't need to ask somebody that. Do you really want to know though? I do because how do you how do you make yourself a better person if you don't know how to change? Like I can't walk around thinking I'm I'm the perfect girlfriend. That's obviously not true because I'm right. single. So don't say <laughs> I need that. To figure out what needs to be fixed. No, I mean in the best way possible. I say that in the best way because I truly believe that that's how it was supposed to be. But like, I need to know there's, there still has to be some type of negatives as to why certain things didn't work out, you know? So like, I would love to know that so I can better myself for the next person. I would love to be the perfect girlfriend for the next person, you know, like, right. I need to know these things. No, it's true. And so. before we jump into like, um, Mr. What's his name? Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Yes. And I, I just want to pick about what you said. So a friend of mine just got broken up with over the past weekend and they asked the person, well, what was it that, you know, was it something that was it me? Like, was there something that I did or needed to fix or need to fix that contributed to like the breakup? So like, that's a very right. adult question that you kind of got to be ready to get. If they, you know, if they tell you like, listen, but it's up to you to how you receive it. So right. like this, this person can say that, you know, you did X, Y, and Z, and that might not have been right for him or her, right? but it's, it might be okay for the next person. So it really is about knowing your partner and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of factors in it, but if it's something like detrimental, where it's like, you are selfish, you only think about yourself. That's something that I would, I would love to know as a person, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, but I, I didn't get that feedback. I just, I got that I was perfect and there was nothing wrong. So <laughs> I would like to know what my issues are so I don't have to repeat that in the next relationship right and which is why it brings us back to Molly because if you look even when she was reading back her dating profile she was like woof I was a lot right and that's how she received so she was ready to receive that right last year she wouldn't have been ready to do that hell no mm -hmm. I think her therapist is finally you know helping her with that acceptance and then transition so yeah um, she's definitely in a better place growth growth is the title of this episode and she is growing right before our eyes <laughs> growing child yes so then let's get into Crenshaw mm -hmm. played by coffee Cerebo Cerebo mm -hmm. oh girl he's sexy I I Kofi's a, a hit or miss for me no pun intended um <laughs> I thought he was sexy in this episode he just I don't think I like him that scruff he's he was looking a little like 
I did just come out of out of jail for me. <laughs> not in a good way I just wasn't I wasn't really feeling he just he doesn't you know tickle my fancy anymore I don't know I hear you he's cute but so he is play he plays Crenshaw and Issa is actually presenting uh a, he she's actually presenting a pitch to NBW a water brand mm-hmm. is this the water brand that one of the girls on the the girl on the panel is this her brand remember the panel from episode one because she looks very That's familiar why, that is why natalie looks familiar maybe let me look you you could you could be 100 right because she did look really familiar i'm like this girl looks really familiar and i'm like is this the same girl that was on the panel with isa in episode one so while you look that up um so we have isa presenting to the uh n BW the water brand about Crenshaw about uh, an event that she wants to throw for him the thing is is that you could tell that in their faces that the, they're with it but they're not all the way mm-hmm. with it so we find that Crenshaw's fashion line um, talks about the prison system and it embodies um, closing that, you know, talks about the prison system and he employs former mm-hmm. incarcerated artists. So he's all about giving yes. back to the community. Yes. Which is what East is all about. He's a local artist who's giving back to the community and she has an entire brand, which is about showcasing local artists in the community. So this is a perfect um, partnership for Issa. However, this may not be a perfect partnership for the NBW water brand. Yes. Might be a little too, a little too black for them is what I think they were alluding to. Right. So she's feeling a little bit defeated and she goes, hangs out with Molly and Molly's basically like, why don't you go over his head and go to the boss, go to Nadia. She's the one that hooked right. you up with this. Right. So she's like, that's an excellent idea. Also, she talks about Nathan very quickly. And Molly's like, I don't know about you, but I can't be friends with somebody who I've seen their penis. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, he's he's dating someone. Didn't she say that Nathan was dating somebody? She did. She like alluded because they had that conversation at dinner and he was like, oh, I have plans later. So I think she was taking that and saying like oh he's dating somebody because he had plans after we had plans yeah you know we're just friends and he's dating somebody and you know we're on good terms i'm helping with his business and molly's like "Mm -hmm, okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. so isa takes molly's idea and she has a meeting with nadia and we find out that nadia blindsided isa and invited Seth, which is the gentleman that she was having a conversation with back at the pitch meeting about kind of like toning it down, you know, that maybe that Crenshaw might not have been the right artist for them to sponsor the event. You know, like you said, he may be a little bit too urban, too black for their brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was it was Nadia from the panel. That was it was. I figured, yeah. which is very cool. And I like that callback because. You know, Issa in that moment felt that she was a failure, but look at how she was able to network. Yep. Yep. That was good. That was good. That was a good, good 
catch, babe. Good catch. Thanks. I'm like, that girl looks familiar. Um, so maybe we'll see Issa throughout the season be able to network and connect with the people on the panel. Right. So that I think that would be cool. Like that that whole panel, though, she thought she failed was not in vain. And it actually worked right. out, you know? Right. Um, so she blindsided Issa and brought Seth to the dinner. And I felt like when you're like in the corporate world, right? It's like when you send an email to somebody and they blind CC them. Yep. And you're like, what? Like, mm-hmm. come on. But it I guess it happened to me a couple of times at my last job. You know what I'm saying? Like, ugh, like, damn it. Um, so basically, I guess as the business owner, she Seth is like one. Of, I don't know what Seth's position is in this company, but not it clearly is the owner. Seth is who works for her. And right. he I guess he's in charge of brand management or. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And so she felt like it was important for him to be there in order for Isa and them and Seth to kind of be on the same page with the vision for the event, which I, I guess I understand, because if I'm the owner and there seems to be some type of discourse between my client and my business partner, then this is not going to work. Right. So I know Isa felt like kind of like, damn, why did she do that? But I guess as a business owner, it, it made sense. Right. Because she was like, you seem to have concerns. And since Seth is in charge of this, I figured he should be in the meeting, which is true. Because it would be a, it would be telephone at that point. Right. And it kind of looks like you don't trust because it looks like Seth and Issa are working directly with each other. It looks like, you know, they don't, she doesn't trust him. Right. And that's bad for business. Right. And sometimes you kind of, kind of have to follow the chain of command. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think Molly's advice, you know, was good, you know, but it is what it is. So we find out that um, in order for them to do this, in order for Issa, who was really pushing for this, she has to come back with some notes. She goes back to Crenshaw and she's like, listen, I have some notes. And he's like, notes. (laughs) (laughs) And she tells him that the low riders that he wanted to do can't do. Mm -hmm. The performance art can't do. Mm -hmm. The drums you can't do. And he's like, So basically you came here to tell me that I can't do anything and they don't understand my vision and you were supposed to present my vision. So like, I guess we have to gonna cancel this or do something else. Right. And Issa's like, no, 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 no. We've worked. She, I loved how she put this because she's basically um, the middleman, right? So she's like the project manager and she's bringing this client for this sponsor right right so she's like we've worked on this for six months right she had to frame it like he will like because this is this is really she's worked on this for six months she's built this connection with this woman that she met at the panel and for all this to like die over some like you got to cut some things out Mm -hmm. she's like i'm not having that so i like the way she was framing it like we've worked so hard yeah you know, we got to figure this out. Right. Um, and she basically was like, listen, this is part of the game. This is something that you just have to do. So it's true. Right. It's like once you get to that level of like corporate, which I hate the corporate. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like I hate it. <laughs> um, 
you know, there's this push and pull, pull between a white corporation and white funding and then black art. You know what I'm saying? So do you find it that when black people or people of color, um, because the word that they kept trying to push to Issa was saying that the vision was too ambitious. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is it that when black people have extravagant ideas um, who have extravagant visions of art and talent, it's too ambitious. Right. Like they're not allowed to be visionaries in that right. You want to keep us in a box. Right. It's like you want the black influence. It's crazy because you want the black influence without being black. Oh yeah. Oh girl. Yes. That's it. That's all. If they can, everything that we do if they can just take it and then, but just remove us and just put themselves in that place, they would do it. Because if it was a um, white person who came with the same vision and same, all of, all of that extravaganza, they probably would have supported it. But because they don't understand the low riders and the significance, importance of that and the drums and the spoken word, they mm-hmm. are like, Whoa, my God, this is so much. Oh my goodness. But they just, it's exhausting, um, but they want to put us in a box. They want to put us in a box that they can control right? In, because they don't understand it. They don't like to not understand. And that's really what it is. Which I found very interesting. And uh, a quote came to my mind from the office. You know, I love the office. So like Dwight Schrute <laughs> said this quote once, he said, in order for the white people to do it, you have to get the black people to start doing it. And they get the black people to stop doing it exactly isn't that wild yeah that's exactly what they want and exactly oh Dwight is so wise right Dwight (laughs) (laughs) um so moving forward we see that um Molly after having that flashback calls her mom and it's like listen mom I'm really sorry about the way I acted and I want to apologize for my behavior and you know the mom you know moms understand their kids most moms understand their kids mm-hmm. and say, listen, I get it. I get it. You know, she's still trying to push Herbert on her. <laughs> and I was, when I, when I tell you, I laughed out loud when she showed Issa, Issa's like, oh, he can't be that bad and showed her a picture of Herbert. And she said, oh, his daddy's good. <laughs> his daddy looks <laughs> nice, but let me see a picture of him. And she kept the picture. She said, I said, his daddy looked nice. But show me a picture of him, Molly. Show me a picture of him. Like when I tell you, I was weak. He said, she always gives me at least one, one good joke that get, has me rolling. Girl, Herbert is just not it. Just not, no, not at all. it. Um, not at all. No. But what I like about what the mom said is that, you know what? You kind of just have to push through fear and do it. Right. So she and so the mom is going to get her stuff together with the estate, which is scary for anybody, because when you're older and you have to start getting your estate together, that means you have to face like. I'm not going to be here, you know, I'm, you know, eventually I'm going to be moving on, passing on. Um, So that's I mean, I get it. You know, you're scared. You have to get your affairs in order. It's like when you go to the doctor and they ask you, do you have an affidavit? And you're like. I don't have an affidavit. Like, a lot of people think of it as like it's superstition where they're like if we if we talk about it then it's going to happen right because that my dad won't talk about it because he's like I don't, don't want to talk about it but I'm like it's important 
but a lot of people are superstitious in that fact that they feel like if they talk about it, it's going to happen like the next day. It's mm-hmm. like, mm, no, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. It makes, it mm-hmm. makes complete sense. And I think that Molly internalized mm-hmm. this too, where, you know, you got to push through fear and do it. And I think this kind of motivated her to try to now really get back into the dating world. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we finally get to the party, the event, which was at the African-American museum in California. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that everything was black and white. Yes. And outside. Like and outside. That. And I love the fact that you saw the transformation, the growth within Issa as far as like, she was at that panel and had no idea what the hell she was doing. Mm-hmm. And to see how, to put all this together herself and with her assistant. Right. Incredible. Right. And I thought it was really funny how Molly kind of showed up with the Dasani water. And she's like, girl, this is a freaking <laughs> NBW event. You can't be having Dasani water up in here. She said, we NBW drinkers now, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find very interesting. So in the middle of Issa doing a, like an interview, you saw, what's her name again? Koya? Yeah. It's kind of like giving her that like, cut it, cut it, cut, 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 cut. Um, <laughs> find out that out of all the things that Issa had told Crenshaw that he cannot do, he is going rogue. It's like, listen, you told me that you believed in my vision. Mm -hmm. I'm going with my gut and I'm doing it anyway. And she's like in this panic because she has to adhere to her stakeholder and her clientele and their expectations. So Mm -hmm. you going rogue looks bad for her. She said roguelike X-Men, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's like one of my favorite X-Men, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> um, so he called, he said, I am not gonna be a sellout. And I think this got Issa thinking. I liked how Koya said, we're gonna use I terms, which I thought was very good, and you know, mm-hmm. kind of brought Issa mm-hmm. back. Like, okay, I feel that you are being unprofessional. Right. Because it's quick to be like, you, 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 you. But when you're in an environment that's like the event, the you're, you're in charge, you have stakeholders who are investing in this and in you for this mm-hmm. to go bad. I like how Koya was like, we're going to use I terms and we're going to reel this. together too. Yes. We're going to reel this back in real quick before this shit whole, this whole shit blows up. Right. So she, he basically almost called Issa a sellout. And I feel like this Mm -hmm. is something that Issa was kind of grappling with when he said that, like, am I actually like selling out to the white man? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I personally don't believe that Issa is selling out. I feel like Issa is at a level now where she has to learn how to play with, where she has to know how to play and balance between two types of worlds, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Where if she's, Right. So she is trying to satisfy her community brethren and sister, right, who may not understand that you may have to abide by certain criteria from the white mm-hmm. folks who are investing in you. Right. And then you have somebody like Crenshaw, who is so like, what is the word? He is so passionate. The word was passion a passion about his ideas and his vision for him to forego what his original vision was, was him selling out for himself and the community. Right. 
So Issa was trying to like balance that, that trying to get him to see, trying to get him to see what she's seeing. But by that time he was already gone and he was just going to do what he was going to do. Right. And Issa's kind of just like, I guess we're just going to see how this goes. Right. She was so, so nervous. I, I, I would be nervous too, because if this is like, let's say this is your business, right, Holly? Mm-hmm. And this is probably Issa's first big client based right. off the relationship that she built at the panel. She is the project manager. She is the creator of this. So she has to abide by her stakeholder, her sponsor's wishes in order to get this. And it's a, this, this partnership goes hand in hand, right? So by them hiring Issa, they are tapping into a market that their product would probably not have been to before because you think people in the hood are going to drink this sustainable kind of water? Mm-hmm. Right. Then this also looks good for NW, is it with NBW? Like, oh, see, we're, we invest in Black artists. We care about the prison system because we're working with an artist who, you know, is about, you know, breaking down systemic racism and talks about, you know, imprisonment of Black men. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it looks good on both ends. So she ha- mm-hmm. had, she has to make this shit work. Yeah. Especially if like she wants to continue to work in this business or continue her business. Cause like, if this shit goes bad, word gets out that she can't control her clients. Then it's like, well, why am I going to work with you? Why would anybody else work with you? Right. No, she had every right to be nervous. And I don't think that she's being a sellout. I think that she was just trying to be professional. Right. Um, but she, like he said, you liked me for my passion. That passion is not going to disappear just because, you know, you have a brand that you're trying to appease. I'm here to be passionate. You handle that. And right. so I could see both ends if he's just like, this has nothing to do with me. I'm here to present my show and put on a good show and let these people see the real me. So, um, it, you're right. I it's basically her was, job. Yeah. To try it is, to... Yeah. It's her, it has nothing to do with him. He's like, listen, I heard your notes, but I'm not going to do that. Cause it's going to cut out of how I feel like the project is going to look. So, um, I think she handled it well at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do. Um, but yes. So yes. Yeah, and it, it turned, it looked like it was going well in the beginning. It looked like oh, everything was fine. <laughs> and then everything went black. <laughs> and here comes the lowriders, the drums. And at first I'm like, oh, what the hell is the big deal about lowriders and drums? And then the N-word. <laughs> and all I said, oh my God. <laughs> I was sitting there like, oh my goodness, like they're yelling. It's not even about, it's not even about like them saying the or anything like that. They are yelling on top of their lungs. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, these poor white people. Scared. And did you see Seth? His whole face was like, <gasps> <laughs> he was scared. He was, so he was, scared. he was scared. And Issa's like, that's it. It's done. It's over. So, you know, Seth finds her after the show. He's like, I've been looking for you. And like, that's the, that you hate to hear that type of shit, right? Like I'm looking for you. You're mm-hmm. like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out he loved it. 
And he thanked Issa for pushing them out their comfort zone. Right. And I'm, it's like hard because she did say in the beginning that it would be a risk, but it would be a risk that you should be willing to take to say that you were the people that, you know, discovered him and you guys, right. you know, and um, end up working out. Like, don't you ever, don't like, I couldn't have seen it not working out for her. Like, could you have, could you have seen him like, like, listen, this shit is ass. You guys did, you did not listen to what we were saying no, this is not aligned with our brand and we're no longer working with you. That would have been such a horrible thing. It would have, but it also would have been very on brand for Issa, which is why she was expecting it to turn out that way. Like, mm -hmm. I was surprised that he was like, this was amazing, much better than I ever thought it would turn out. Like, I was probably just as surprised as Issa was because Issa's not used to things working out in her favor like that. Right. So I think if this is her getting used to being successful, like you, you handpicked this person, you saw what, you know, potential in him. And now these people are seeing the potential that you saw in him, but I don't think she's used to it really coming through like that. But right. this, this, this is her becoming successful and I like that yeah and they want to invest in more projects that she has so that it worked out best and I also find it very interesting that sometimes you ever notice that like sometimes white people are just like they're scared of like the black experience yes and then all, all the of a sudden they're like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes. this is awesome like even even when he was he you know after he said all that he's like oh, I'm gonna go because like I had a, I had a massage that really hurt my neck, like just making up an excuse to get out. Cause he was scared. Like they, you know, they're, they're scared. <laughs> he was scared <laughs> and he wanted to leave. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. Low key. I've had that experience where I got a massage and it was so painful that the next day I was sore. So like in that aspect, I kind of get, out. like, that shit has happened to me, but like, you know, the excuse of him, that was his excuse to kind of get out. Yes, he did not have no <laughs> massage. He was trying to leave as quick as he could. He was scared. He probably got whiplash looking behind him, making sure that there was no one behind him when all them drummers were right behind him. That's probably what happened. Oh my gosh. Well, they liked her so much that they want to invest in more projects. So like yes. you said, Issa's on the come up. Yeah, we love that for her. So I like this episode because this episode was growth in a professional way for Issa. And I think you, I want to say emotionally in a way, though I felt like she digressed a little bit. So after this, so Issa had a, you could tell that Issa wants to celebrate this or debrief, you know, after this. And it's a full moon. I don't know what the significance of the full moon was, but usually crazy shit happens on a full moon. So maybe she chalked this up to the fact that it was a full moon and <laughs> it just worked in my favor she's she, a lot of people were tweeting that the full moon made her think of Lawrence but I don't know why the full moon made her think of Lawrence it's like oh really? I'm not sure yeah a lot of people were tweeting that and I was like did I miss something because I don't really remember the significance of a full moon in Lawrence but um it probably just had her being like man I would love to go home and you know do something with somebody right and she hits up Nathan Yes, she does. And in true 30-year-old fashion, her ass is falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's so me. Like, 
you had a long ass day and like you just can't stay up mm-hmm. so he you know he's talking about his stuff because she's you no know, she's still supposed to be doing his party which i'm i'm are we gonna see do you think we're gonna see the his anniversary party yeah i, I think so and you know he notices that she's sleepy and he's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to call me a lift. And she says, why don't you sleep over? Girl, I was like, girl, did you just tell Molly that he was dating someone? And then his dumb ass says, oh, okay. <laughs> he's like, finally, all these, these years of being just a friend finally paid off. Girl, didn't they have sex though in the Ferris wheel at Coachella? They, did. they sure did. They, she made sure to say after she was getting back to Orange, she said, you know, I still want to be cool with you. Cause he was like, I want to be, you know, I want to be cool with you too. Cause like, you're the only person, you're one of the only people that I really trust. I didn't really tell anybody about like me being bipolar. Right. So you're one of the only people that I trust. So they did have sex, but then he ghosted her. And then yes. when he kind of came back and tried to apologize, remember that uh, Molly kind of de-blocked. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I would have took him back. I'd have been like, okay. <laughs> I mean, hear him out. He has, obviously something happened. You no. know? Exactly. But, yeah. um, so right before that happens, we see we got the final image of Molly after the party going on a blind date it looks like at the restaurant remember she was waiting for somebody and she kept saying Mm -hmm. embrace the change embrace the change she was giving herself a prep talk i thought he was because she no he was cute but because when she greeted him she was like awkward like yeah she she like like, waved really like she's like oh my god <laughs> he was fine girl i thought i was like oh i say molly yeah, girl that's my cute. type of man nice and big yeah he was nice and thick mm-hmm. yeah i like him like that <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so i'm not gonna lie we're finally back at the final minutes of the episode and they're in bed together and i was already getting turned on i was like okay here we go here we go here we go i'm weak <laughs> He had his shirt off, girl. I said, ooh. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I was looking at the whole body language. There seemed to be like a little bit of like awkward tension. Like, you know, and I liked how this is just me. I liked how he had his hand on her hip. I was not paying attention. Girl, I was paying attention (laughs) to all that shit. Listen. Paying attention, I'm weak. It's been a long ass minute, so at you know, I, girl, I feel you. Okay, I feel you. I do. I'm doing my whole celibacy or abstinence shit still. So good. I love that. You know, I'm living vicariously through Issa up until <laughs> she just started crying. Yo, I was like, I literally, I guessed. I was like, oh. I know she is not crying right now in his mouth. Crying in his That's mouth. That's what she said. <laughs> she said, I got, you got tears all up in your mouth. Oh my God. Like she crying in his mouth. I was like, Issa, girl, please, you're embarrassing me. Stop. 
Has that ever happened to you though? No. Okay. Should I tell a story? I'm not, I'm about to expose myself. So like in this moment, I get Issa. So like, have you ever had like one of those days where like, you just want to, she had like a weird day. Like she was like good, but it was stressful. Like it was just all over the place. And she just wanted to wind down or debrief or like talk to about it with someone. And you know, you have your girls, but sometimes you don't want to talk to your girls. You just want that. You want a little bit more intimacy. You want a little bit more, you know, you want to, sometimes you just want to talk to a man. No, I don't. I mean, yeah, I'm going to let you keep guess, but I don't, ha- I, I don't, I don't experience. Those I've had that. I've had that. <laughs> Where like literally I've had one of those days and yeah, I want to, you're not going to talk to my girlfriends, but like, you just want to talk to like a guy that you like or somebody that you've had some type of intimate feelings with to try to get, cause you try to get that feeling, you know what I mean? And I feel like Mm -hmm. Issa in that moment was craving some type of intimacy. Yes. Which is why when she cried, it wasn't because she, she didn't want to have sex with him. I don't think. Um, I think in that moment that she craved intimacy, like that's just what she wanted in her crying. And when she said, I wasn't ready, like I'm not ready. So I don't know. It's been a whole year. So it's been a whole year since I, we're assuming Lawrence. Yes. I guess she thought she was ready, but I don't think she, I think sex is not what the issue is. I think she I think it's intimacy like you're saying I said I I don't she's probably not she probably thought she was ready to at least be intimate with somebody or like at least like you know it doesn't have to be sex but like like you're saying like talk to somebody on that level of like that Mm -hmm. and I think when she started kissing she was like oh wait this is not Lawrence that I'm like it just it's weird like that I understand that part I understand I mean I've never cried in somebody's mouth but no, me I neither, do understand. I have cried <laughs> and up with somebody once. I was like, shit, this is not it. Yeah. Well, okay. So that, yes, that happened, but I did it. It, it ha- I cried like after it happened. Um, but uh, it was in my best friend's car. Naima, shout out to Naima. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I think that's really what it is. I think that she wasn't ready to be intimate. I don't think uh, like yours. I mean, I think that it would have alluded to sex. But I don't think that she was actually looking for sex, like you're saying. Right. I think she was just looking to be intimate with somebody. And he was sweet enough to hold her and, you know, comfort her okay. up until a certain extent. Because then we find out that he leaves. Like you hear the door open in the and middle close, of the night, and he kind of left her there. In the middle of the night, like Nathan, you're supposed to be the nice guy. What happened? I mean, they clearly weren't on the same page. I think he was looking for sex. She thought she was looking for sex. She really wasn't. And when he found out that's not what he was getting and that's not what she was giving, he's like, all right, you're asleep now. You stopped crying. You're asleep. Let me leave. But that's kind of fucked up. So that might be an issue for next episode. Yeah, that's that's kind of messed up. How you just leave in the middle of the night? That's it. What I thought Nathan was after seeing that now he's giving me fuck boy so i don't know how i feel about nathan anymore do you think that this may hurt their business relationship now i mean 
it's definitely going to make things awkward because Issa's an awkward ass person. Um, and he seems like he can be awkward too. So it might, it might just make things a little awkward, but because they didn't really do anything, I think that's good. I think they'll be able to bounce back a little easier. Yeah. It's not like they've never had sex before. So like, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. Oh, I've had that whole situation. Like you just want, like the last person, well, she can't be with Lawrence because now that it's a year later, let's like real quick, that baby is a year old. Yeah. At least a year old. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to see next week if now we get into Lawrence's story. Which we do. So the next week trailer is all about Lawrence. It seems like he's still living in San Francisco and he's dating. It shows him dating, going on dates. Oh. They didn't show the baby or anything. It didn't show, but it did show him walking around San Francisco. It showed him on a date and it showed him talking about um on the date like how he doesn't trust trolleys because <laughs> it doesn't have any doors so, <laughs> so yes the, i think last episode we spoke about like what is lawrence in san francisco what's lawrence doing so he stayed in san francisco yes yes and um yeah i bet it looks like it's gonna be a lawrence episode very interesting mm-hmm. okay um, i'm looking forward to that i know yeah. a lot of people ha- are like Where's Lawrence? Where's Lawrence? Where's Lawrence? Right. Damn. You think <laughs> all of Issa's exes are going to make appearances on this season? I so I was just talking about this with my with my friend Lauren. I don't think that Daniel's coming back. And the only reason I don't think Daniel's coming back is because he was the only person that like had a main role that wasn't really in any he didn't really go to any of like the the press tours Mm -hmm. he wasn't like in the professional pictures or anything like that like even the guy that I'm in love with Dro like Dro is in everything he was he was he was at every press tour every like the insecure fest like he was everywhere and I he's not in the trailer but even when the trailer came out he posted it and like when the first episode was out he was you know right live tweeting or live talking about it so like I think that Joel Joel might make a slight appearance I don't think Daniel is even though I've now him (laughs) he can (laughs) he can get it um I don't think Daniel's gonna make an appearance though um but who else is like Issa's ex really that would need to you think hmm well, of any significance, it would only be Daniel, really. Yeah. We so have Nathan think... back. He was of significance. Right. Um, But Dro would only mainly be for Molly. Like, why would he be back in the fold? Yeah. And I only think Dro's going to be, like, quick because the last appearance that Dro made, they said that Candace, her, his wife was pregnant. So. Right. He, he can't, like show up in a capacity for molly because at this point i hope he is not having an open marriage with a with a child i hope that he doesn't <laughs> <done> stop that <laughs> um but yeah i and i think even andrew was in some of the the press pictures if i'm not mistaken asian I bay is coming so. back i think so i think so but i thought andrew was good for molly but she just wasn't ready for him yes she just 
I just think that they would have been good if she was able to be as willing as he was like he was bending over backwards for her I don't he she wasn't bending over backwards for him so I think that if she was able to do that they would have been fine they were so cute what was Andrew's roommate didn't that there was was Nathan oh was Nathan yes you're right so then Andrew has to come back in the fold some way somehow no because Nathan moved out I mean he doesn't have to Nathan moved uh, Issa had helped Nathan move to his own apartment so like yeah he, he doesn't really have to but he can it's a it's a lot of open it can he can be at the at nathan's um anniversary one party. year barbershop thing yep. Mm. Mm. yep okay yeah well that was it for episode two of season five we're finally getting into the story and if next week is all about Lawrence. I definitely can't wait for that. I know a lot of people have been waiting for Lawrence's story. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see what Lawrence has been up to. If he's a good father, if he has a good relationship with kind of whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm just kidding, she's got a whore. She's a nice girl. And when I see Kiki Palmer, right? Because she's the sister, allegedly. She's going to be yes. the auntie. Yes. I mean, we don't know if she'll be in the next episode, but yes, Kiki Palmer is definitely the sister for Candela. Go ahead, Kiki. Manifest that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that's it for Cued Up. Don't forget to rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment for Holly and I. Let us know how we're doing. If you like this. Did we miss anything? I don't think we did. I think we did pretty good. For this short episode, I think we mm-hmm. kind of dissected pretty well. Yeah. And I can't wait for next week for Lawrence. Yes, me too. We should have wine the next episode. So we have our we can we can relate to the wine downs like Issa. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow Holly. Holly, where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Holly Hitter Miss or Sincerely Holly. Sincerely underscore Holly, actually. But um, Holly Hitter Miss is H O L L Y H I T O R M I S S. And then sincerely spelled correctly, underscore Holly. Like Hollywood. Is that on Twitter? It. Wait. Oh, wait, that was Twitter. <laughs> Never mind. But you can follow me on Twitter too. We don't have to give my personal <laughs> my personal Instagram. You say you don't say it out loud enough, so I don't really know. But yeah, those those two things. Sincerely Holly is on Twitter and then Holly Hitter Miss is on Instagram. Yes, Holly Hit or Miss is popping every week. You guys get the latest on what's going on in the music industry. Something that I have no clue about, which is why I go to Holly's page. <laughs> and uh, Holly is popping on Twitter, man. Yeah, I try my best. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm okay. I do my I do my best, Jane. I do my best. <laughs> so until next week, Holly and I will see you guys next week for episode three of Insecure. Yes, yes episode three. Yeah, peace out, guys. Bye. Bye.